Welcome to the Go Big Betcast with Dave, Boomer, Producer Skip, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to a special Betcast edition of the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. Well, I know both uh, Dave and I were uh, MIA last week. Uh, news may have slipped out that both he and I were kind of in some preliminary talks with the GoDU Monarchs cast, so that kind of fell through, so we're back here, folks. No worries. <laughs> it was tempting, though, right, Boomer? It was. We just thought it would be just kind of an easier way to ease into the sports season, you know, kind of get us off on the right foot. It's financially momentum. lucrative. Yeah, uh, it, was, yeah. it was tempting. Help the local podcast economy. But. That's right. Uh, also, with producer Skip... Uh, really excited that my CSU Rams are a number one seed this year in the NIT. <laughs> you know? Oh, Skip, it's always tough to be on the wrong side of the bubble, right? That's uh, two in the last four years. Yeah, it sucks. Hey, uh, Nebraska fans would love to be on the bubble. Um, and I'm also with Redcast Rob. Hey guys, how's everyone doing tonight? I am here and mostly excited to announce the fact that the Go Big Redcast has a new show sponsor in Woo-hoo! the Bad Beard Gang. That's right. Um, you know, I am personally a big user of beard oils um, on my beard. Uh, strangely enough, I tend to grow my beard out longer during the summer, so I can't wait for my for my samples to arrive. But in the meantime, you should go check it out badbeardgang.com is their uh, is their website and they use 100% raw materials it's all this natural stuff that you're putting into your beard so hopefully it makes my my beard feel really soft and I will definitely be giving some updates on all that um, but in the meantime, too, you can go to their website and subscribe to their services, and you can use the promo code GBR21, and you get a 10% discount off your first order. So pretty good deal out there, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to working with those guys, and I can't wait to get my box in the mail. That's awesome. There's a, there's a lot of beards going on on the uh, the Redcast and the Betcast. Boomer, um, could you use some uh, mustache wax of, of sorts? Yeah, if there's one thing the the Redcast knows outside of quality, you know, sports takes and wise betting choices, it's uh, good facial hair and facial care. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to testing out the product. You know, uh, a mustache wax makes or breaks it for me, so I'm looking forward to that. Looks like they have some good scent options, which is always important for something you're going to wear in your face all day. And uh, we'll see how it holds. And, well, you know, we're known for our honesty here, and I'm looking forward to trying it out. Dave... Dave, uh, with isolation, wouldn't you call the year of 2020 the year of the beard? That is More very people true. people probably had beards last year than any other year, and I don't, you know, since black and white photos. Well, Skip, I was thinking that with all the natural uh, ingredients that they're using on these things, that it might actually help you to be able to grow a beard. We'll see. <laughs> they do have a, I believe, a uh, like a growth balm of some sort, you know, help the beard come become fuller. But if you're starting from scratch, it may be tough. I don't know. Well, I'll apply it everywhere and see uh, if it helps in other areas as well. And I'll report back as well, Rob. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, a few of the Redcasters probably could use it on their head, that's for certain. Um, uh, well, uh, talking about head scratchers, uh, Boomer, we had a interesting situation last Friday with uh, Nebraska and uh, Oklahoma being in the news. Uh, Brett McMurphy had a a tweet um, that Nebraska was trying to get out of the Oklahoma game here next football season. 
Um, uh, and it, it took a while for Nebraska to actually squash that rumor. And um, apparently they did actually um, explore some of that. Um, what are your, uh, your takes on that? Yeah, that was uh, interesting Friday morning news to to see, and uh, you know I think everyone had to double check to see if it was April first or not. And then, I uh, really did. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Nebraska fans took it, you know, very even keeled, and everybody was, you know, just pretty subdued about the whole affair. And, and let's be honest, that was crazy. I mean, what the heck was anybody <laughs> thinking? I mean, it what, was absurd. I, I at no point did that make any sense to me. Why? that crossed anybody's mind as a good idea. You know, even if you're just throwing it out there as an exploratory paper or, you know, just some random thing, that would be the last thing that I think we should ever have crossed anybody's mind with any connection to the program, which is why it continues to just boggle anything that, you know, I, I can think about. It's I've still been working on it since then. It doesn't make sense. I can... I'm kind of, frankly, disappointed that it even came up, to be honest with you. So. It, it shouldn't have got off the uh, intern's desk, right? I mean, right, right. Take. Whoever came up with the idea, yeah, that should have just been squelched right there. So, yeah. Uh, Skip, thoughts? Well, allow me to elaborate a little bit, but I, I want to squash the notion of the people that really came right after Moose and Frost saying this had to have been a Moose and Frost decision. How could it have been otherwise? Um, let me remind you that we are in a unprecedented global pandemic. Well, in our lifetime, I work in a place of higher education, okay? And I thought it was very telling that in Moose's statement, he referenced, hey, this is, the some, this is something the administration wanted us to look into. And I want people to just take a step, step back. And like myself, I wasn't in the room, but I can paint such a more likely scenario than it was just Moose's or an intern or Frost's idea because the Board of Regents, all these people, Moose has a boss. Jeff Long didn't fire himself at, at Kansas. Jeff Long wasn't the administration. The administration fired Jeff Long at Kansas. So that those administrations that are higher up than the athletic department I can totally see a, a world in which every higher edu place of higher education is losing millions, lost millions. They've had to force employees on unpaid furloughs to pay cuts to lay off employees, okay? And so it is the board of regents or the board of directors, trustees, whatever school you're at. It's their job to look at budgets and approve budgets. And if they're in a shortfall, say, what areas are we going to cut? How are we going to do this? Or it's their job to come up with a lot of ideas of, hey, do you have ideas on how we can get some more revenue coming in in this next year as we are trying to recover in all facets of the university? And I can see where some people are like, yes, could that be another home game? So on that surface level, they are doing their due diligence and their job to at least explore that idea. The problem was the timing of this pandemic happened to line up that to get an extra home game, it meant eliminating a road game at Oklahoma. This wasn't a year where we were going to Laramie, Wyoming, where everyone would be for it. Or, you know, it wasn't, it just didn't happen that our year had that home game against Oklahoma. I also want to get people off the notion that we were backing out of the game. I think we were just trying to explore, can we reschedule to a different year? 
because of the financial burdens and shortfalls, we would really love to get a home game this year. Someone had to tell Moose, hey, just look into that. See if Oklahoma's going to be nice and, and say, sure, yeah, let's just kick that back a few, two, three years. And that wouldn't have been so bad if Oklahoma readily agreed to it. It would have bummed some people out, but... It's the 50th anniversary of I, the I know, of I know, the I know. Skip. I'm just saying... <laughs> that Moose, game is fundamental to Husker fandom on where I'm not saying they the were going to cancel it. I'm saying some people put pressure on. They think the higher-ups just thought, hey, just see if they'll move it without going... Well, but I, I the, think my problem with that is... They were already talking to other schools. This isn't, hey, Oklahoma, would you consider moving this game? This is, we're already reaching out to Old Dominion saying, hey, are you got, would you guys be willing to cancer your game? I'm sure they needed to have a few would, options on deck. I mean, that's more Oklahoma than just... Oklahoma agreed because they would have real egg on their face if they moved Oklahoma without somebody lined up. And I, I mean, you know, and I guess I, I have questions with that. You know, where we say, you know, we have this huge revenue shortfall, which we do. There's no questions about that. You know, everybody's got revenue shortfalls this season. Why are we the only team? We already have seven home games. And that is where they fell short, thinking yeah. they, they could get Oklahoma to just cancel a home game. Well, I mean, One in which they could six, charge yeah. 300% higher than getting Florida Atlantic in there. Yeah, that is where they ultimately went wrong and not figure out before they even explored the idea that they're not going to say yes, and then that's going to look stupid. And now, ultimately, I feel so bad for the coaches and student-athletes who have to go into this game while Oklahoma is already a juggernaut, but now they've just got bulletin board material all over you, and they made it even worse. But I don't believe for a second this was Scott Frost trying now i have seen reports from others you know local media types that kind of indicate that it did sort of originate from you know the head coach or someone kind of at that level now there have been hints that moose didn't know about it i saw oh shoot who was the reporter today that mentioned that um adam mcclintock he mentioned that somebody had asked him he'd been gone for the week and Came back and he said that he had had a connection with uh, both Castiglione at Oklahoma and Moose, and neither had any idea what was happening. Now he didn't say anything about coaches and other people not knowing. And I know you'd mentioned—I've heard other people. I think it was Sean Callahan that mentioned that they may have gone above Moose. You know, somebody below went above Moose and took this to maybe to your—you know—like you're saying the the board, the president, chancellor, whatever it is. And maybe that's I, how it got started. I, I, I don't, don't think know, anyone but... under Moose would well, dare, dare try this. But uh, perhaps it was someone above Moose that made a call to explore. Well, that's yeah, we're not going to. We're probably not going to know. No, we're not um, going to know. No, probably and, not. And, but regardless of any explanation uh, whatsoever, um, it was. It sucks. Uh, it wasn't well thought out. And from a fan base standpoint, Pushing it back a couple of years or anything like that, none of it would have been acceptable. Um, and anybody um, should have known that, especially anybody who is familiar with Nebraska's uh, culture um, and uh, the fan base's expectations of um, you know competing. Right? It's, it's and does that worry you in the slightest that they were that somebody in a position of authority was that just completely toned? It doesn't reassure me, Boomer. I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah, I, I don't get, again, I mean, I'm just an average schluff, 
you know, we have a podcast, as great as it is, but, you know, we get it. We understand that, hey, the importance of this game, just the reality of what how the fan base is going to react to it. When you take it, a deeper it, dive, even yeah. just from, like, a personality standpoint, knowing that Osborne, one of the last things he did as AD was get this scheduled, and it was very important, and they have all of these events already planned for the 50th anniversary uh, centered around him. Um, it's it's just mind blowing to me that anybody internal to the administration at any level of the university let this go uh, anywhere past a, a notion. Yeah, um, yeah, it just doesn't exactly. make a lot of sense. And then um, it it just puts a lot of weird pressure on the season, which I think there was probably enough anyway. But now you've like you, you'd said whether that was the intent to quote unquote back out of the game or not, it the national media thinks we did, and the national yep. press thinks we did. So that puts a huge bunch of pressure on this game. If you go out and lose, and, you know, it's possible we could lose badly. It's possible we can win with any luck, but puts a lot of sure. pressure on that, and then that just makes every other early game this season huge. I mean, yeah, no, you I don't mean, have a lot of pressure they lost one yeah. of the two games beforehand, right? I mean, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, it's something we'll probably talk about later, of... but those early games were huge. That, that game against Illinois is massive now, too. I mean, jeez, yeah. so. All right, Boomer. Yeah, I mean, I think those all all good points. Um, and uh, well, like I said before, we're not going to resolve anything here. So I think let's leave that as old news and, and move on. Uh, a few other things before we actually get into the brackets and start talking about bets. Uh, Nebraska basketball um, transfers are happening. Obviously, we had lost Teddy Allen um, before the season ended, um, but more recently. We've got more transfer news. Boomer, can you uh, run through those for me? Uh, well, let's see, Dave. Um, who have we lost this week? Uh, Ivan Drago is another transfer portal. We know that much. Uh, Elijah Wood has decided to hike the trail to Mount Doom, so he's gone as well. <laughs> and um, oh, how do you pronounce his name? Is it Akrep? How do you... Akol Arup. Akol Arup, yes, yes. He's, you know... Unfortunately, just battled injuries, you know, for a lot of his time here, and just never quite, quite got a good run here. So, decided to move on as well. And you know, we all know Teddy Allen left, so it's been some changes. But they were guys who, you know, I liked. I liked all of them. You know, I thought they, you know, gave it their all here. They just they weren't seeing the minutes. So, yeah, decreasing I, I think, minutes. In yeah, some yeah, cases, they were decreasing, right? especially like in Avon's case, he just wasn't even seeing the floor. So. I, I think it was probably time for everybody involved to go separate ways and, you know, freeze up so, a little more room for Hoiberg in the transfer portal. Yeah, it's still early. Obviously, the transfers can happen a lot. Um, you know, Skip, uh, you're making the point that we may see an unprecedented amount of transfers in basketball just like we are seeing it in football. But right now, we're only seeing uh, this initial four with – you know, uh, the exception is Teddy there, but the other three really weren't seeing a lot of time. We also heard that Cody Webster is going to return for a sixth season. Um, so he was a major contributor at the end of the year, and we thought that was going to be his uh, last few games as a Husker, a one-and-done scenario as a grad transfer, but he's coming back. We've not heard anything about Thor yet, um, but that's that's a positive. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you'll be hurt as, as much as other teams are going to realize uh, when the dust settles and the names are entered into the portal. I know some people were shocked and the big news stories were the massive amount of footballers entering the portal this year. Well, right. that That's old news in the basketball landscape, if you follow <laughs> that at all. Um, very so true. you can only expect this to be have an uptick this year because of 
all the reasons that football players leave. Just It was just such a weird year and hard to connect with anybody and bond and no fans for most schools. So to really only have four, one with a lot of playing time, whose style didn't even clash with the coach's system. Yep. I mean, you're probably going to come out ahead as far as minutes and playing time uh, more than anybody else in the Big Ten. I think you're going to be okay there as long as... But, yeah. I mean... You could see another name drop in a month, and that could change. But Yeah, that's true. I would not be surprised if, if we saw one or two other names come through. But if we do keep the core, that is going to be um, much better than what we experienced the last two years. And this year in the Big Ten, it's going to be a little bit different. We've got coaching turnover, right? Minnesota's already moved on from Patino. Indiana's uh, moving on from Archie Miller. Uh, Penn State elected to, to hire someone else outside of their interim coach uh so there's some turnover there those rosters are probably going to turn over um so we're not going to be at the bottom of the barrel from a, a roster depth development and experience standpoint so it's good all right well before we actually get into uh the betcast edition of the the redcast here uh boomer we did get some news this week about uh sports betting in nebraska uh, what can you tell us about that yes we did uh so this is some interesting news for those of us who don't happen to live in states like Iowa and Colorado that uh, already had these sorts of things in place. But uh, with our recently improved uh, gambling expansion, there were a lot of questions whether that included sports betting and that it wasn't specifically mentioned in the in the original uh, ballot initiative. But um, there were questions in the past whether Attorney General rulings would consider sports gambling a game of chance or not. And so wisely, our state legislator finally decided just instead of relying on you know the whims of somebody to clear this up themselves so they did attach an amendment to that bill which uh, does include sports gambling as part of the the initiative that passed um, that passed 37 to 5 in the legislature today so it will allow sports wagering in casinos at the licensed horse tracks that they're going to be playing or excuse me going to be a going to be allowing gambling at um you're going to be able to use a phone app as long as you're there in person this will include ncaa sports um there are some limits to what they're going to be able to do on it um i don't think they're allowing like betting on individual performances or things like that so you won't be able to go out and you know bet. you know so, sorry rob if you're here you won't be able to bet omar manning's you know break breakout games every every <laughs> game so that won't happen but um you know a few things like that uh, other limitations some taxes and things like that so and it has to go through a few more readings, and there's a potential that, uh, you know, Ricketts could veto this, but 37 is enough to override a veto, so as long as they all stay together, looks like we'd probably see this coming through, so there could be more excitement on the Redcast going forward, so it should be interesting. That is promising. To clarify, Boomer, uh, phone apps would be allowed, but you'd have to be on-premise. Is that correct? Yeah, that's my understanding. You actually have to mm. be there in person in the casino, but you can... You'd be able to bet from your from your phone if you don't feel like wandering up to the to the actual. Gotcha. Yeah. So skip that does limit a little bit, uh, but with your trips back to Columbus for the holidays, uh, you still could potentially uh, stop Make by those three hour Walmart runs. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, well, that's that's very promising, and it sounds like this we'll find out sooner than later, huh, Boomer? Yeah, so it, it should go fairly quickly, and like I said, it'll be interesting to watch. Of course, there are some, you know, state senators opposed to it, go figure, but, uh, you know, probably the same ones who yell at you to sit down in a Husker game, so no surprise there, so. Yeah, Rob, it might kill the kids. I don't know. Yeah, well, some of them deserve it. 
<laughs> uh, well, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's not go down that route. Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, all right. So we have maybe next year at this time we're talking about sports gambling in uh, Nebraska at these uh, at these casinos on the racetracks, which is exciting. Um, and uh, you know we've tried to have a bit of an educational component skip to uh, the betcast when we were doing it during the football season. Um, you know, basketball is a little bit different. Uh, my first experiences with sports betting were in Vegas when I was there for the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, and it's, uh, you know, a lot of games happening at once and, uh, there's a lot of different ways to bet on, on NCAA tournament games. So maybe could you just give us a little bit of an overview of, uh, some ways that you can partake in the fun, uh, this weekend? Sure. So besides the usual point spread game, total over unders and money line bets, uh, Sportsbooks will make fun different ways for you to bet. You can bet a single team to just make the Elite Eight. Say, hey, I think Oklahoma State's going to make the Elite Eight. You can bet on them to do that, or to the Sweet 16, or to the Final Four, or to win their region. Uh, so you can always just pick a team outright to get that far. Um, and there's also a lot of tournament specials, anything from uh, fun stuff from, like, from which conference will the winning team come from you can bet the big 12 big 10 and there's different odds on each one same as the winning state which state will produce the winning team uh texas is the leader in the clubhouse uh, i this saw year. that skip yeah that's odd i guess uh, they're putting more of their stock they you know you got baylor as a one seed you got texas as a three seed yeah so you got multiple teams whereas gonzaga is the only team out of the state of washington which is uh has the second lowest odds yep um, you can bet uh, a seed to win a game. For instance, you can will a 12 seed win a game in the round of 64. You can bet yes or no. Uh, will a 13 seed win a game? You can bet yes or no. And you and you would get all four of those 13 or 12 seeds. You just need one of them to win to win your bet. Uh, you can also pit bet on the winning seed to win the tournament. If you think a three seed will win the tournament, you can bet yes or no on that. Um, and then there's also conference props, which you may see me use as one of my best bets later. But, for example, the number of Big Ten teams that will advance to the round of 32, they've set that over and under at six and a half teams. So you could take your pick if you think more or less will, from the Big Ten will advance past the first round. It's a big number. Yeah. Um, that's just some other ways you can always bet if you like to look around and find some other fun things like that uh, a cautionary tale this year with covid um if you don't know how they're treating games at this point if a team would have to uh sit one out because um they've got some positive results within the program they are not postponing that game putting in a replacement team at this point and rescheduling that game will be considered a no contest the team without the positive results will move on what that means now, if you had bet, say, Alabama to go to the Final Four and that Alabama uh, has to withdraw from the, that game and be eliminated from the tournament, you would not um, get that bet refunded because Alabama did not make uh, it to the Final Four. However, so probably a better way to bet this year instead of betting certain teams to go a certain distance is bet them game by game. 
So if you were just betting Alabama to win on the money line each game and rolling over your winnings into that bet, um, which could have a greater payout should you have bet them just the Final Four anyway, but you're betting individual games at that point. And how betting tickets work in this case is if you had bet Alabama to win the game and that individual game got canceled, was ruled a no contest, your bet would be refunded. So it is maybe a safer way to go this year to do something like that when all that um, craziness is out there. You would at least get your money back from your canceled bet opposed to a tournament long bet you would not. Right. I mean, we can be hopeful that the bubble actually works in the state of Indiana, right, Skip? But we did see multiple conference tournament games get canceled because of right. teams Some to pull blue out. bloods. Big blue bloods were... Absolutely. Yeah, this wasn't happening to, just to the little guys either. All right. Those, those are some great tips right there. Um, I think, you know, NCAA tournament with so many games happening all at one time, it, it is fun to, um, you know, do maybe a, a few parlays in there or maybe look at just... Um, halftime um, spreads because, you know, there's just so much action. I always remember being in uh, Vegas for my my first NCAA tournament and um, the fact that, you know, a a thousand people were at the Caesar Caesar Sportsbook, uh, you know, seeing if Kentucky can uh, cover the 14-point spread in half, you know, and everybody was on the edge of their seats uh, is an interesting experience. Yeah, I've been there before, too, and just to see, you know, the the common person at home is seeing a 20-point blowout with 30 seconds to go, but the spread's 18, and people are on the edge of their seats screaming at plays like, foul the guy! Don't foul the guy! (laughs) And it's an 18-point blowout, and, and... People are screaming to the final seconds in some of these meaningless end of games to uh, an average person not betting on it. Yeah, it's a great experience. And if you've never done it, you got to do it at least once because it is an experience. Uh, All right, well, uh, Rob, you're always an experience. Um, So (laughs) um, I think uh, what we're trying to do here is uh, go around the room. Each one of us will take a bracket. Run down our picks for uh, that that bracket. I think you're taking the West. I am um, taking the West. Yeah. Highlight maybe some of the more interesting games, and then when we get done, we'll um, uh, identify all of our best bets of the first round. Take it away, Rob. All right. Well, so obviously the one seed in this is Gonzaga. They're undefeated, twenty six and zero on the season. Um, I really don't think that it matter who they, who they play. They aren't going to be the one seed that loses to a 16 seed this year, and that's only happened once in the history of the NCAA as it, tournament as it is. Um, so the odds against that happening are are very, very, very huge. And, and that the, the game in the bracket that I really want to talk about uh, is the 8-9, uh, Oklahoma and Missouri. Um, looking at those two teams, it's 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 a... Neither one of those teams is going to get past the second round anyway because they'll match up against Gonzaga. But if you're going through and doing first-round picks here um, and you want to win your bracket with your team, um, you know both these teams really, really close when it comes to what their record is. Um, I mean, the spread on this game is only a point and a half in Oklahoma's favor. Um, and I'm looking at this game just trying to figure out, okay, who am I going to take in it? You know, where am you know, where am I going to go with it? I think that Oklahoma maybe had a little bit, uh, 
when I when I when I go through and look at everything, I mean they, they score more points per game. I think their defense was a little bit better than Missouri's, but not by much. So what are, what are your guys' thoughts on this? If you guys had a chance to maybe look at a couple of these teams and see, because when I take a look at it, I'm obviously going to go with a name like Oklahoma because when it comes to basketball, that name seems to sit out a little bit more than me. And again, this is tournament time, so you go with what you have. I mean, there was a woman in my office once that won our pool only picking teams that wore blue so i mean that was that was her that was her way of picking teams you know if they wore color blue she picked them to win regardless of who they were and she ended up winning that year because like duke won so there you sounds go sounds like There's we a... need to call her up and uh, get her thoughts on this game yeah. well so for hey, the last Martha, couple what's years, your best bet yeah for the last couple of years i've been naming my team teams that are blue um in all the brackets that i joined just kind of an inside joke to myself um which happens a lot i generally only crack myself up so um again though on this game you know looking at it both these teams um you know their records were what like 15 and 10 16 and 9 both teams went 12 and 13 in conference so you know i'm just trying to make sense of it all and and really it's kind of hard to do well, eight and nines are always the toughest, right, Rob? There's yeah. usually uh, always, a, a, you know, it's a 50-50 split. That's why they're an eight nine. Um, I, I do think you look at these two teams, and uh, both of them kind of struggled down the stretch. Um, uh, Missouri, in particular, had quite a few losses to end the season, um, not playing their best ball. Um, you know, in in college basketball, uh, coaching drives so much. Uh, I'm going to trust Lon Kruger a little bit more than um, most, this guy who's done it um, at five different schools. Um, so I'm, I'm probably going to take the Sooners on this one. I would do the same. All right, Rob, what other games are well, – how, how about this uh, This 5-12? What the 5-12 Creighton and so, so being a West Coast kid myself, being a West Coast transplant out here in Colorado, one of the schools um, that I followed a lot growing up, uh, because I had a lot of friends that went to school there, was uh, Santa Barbara, University of California, Santa Barbara. Beautiful um, campus. Oh my God. I spent a couple summers there doing soccer camps when I was in, in high school, and let me tell you, it is just absolutely gorgeous part of the country, and if you can ever get down there, um, you know. It's, really nice it's, scenery all the way around. Oh, in every aspect possible, especially in the summer months along the beaches. The waves there are amazing. Um, and they are playing Creighton. And, you know, every year, I think, and we were talking about this before the show, you know, there's always a 12-5 matchup, I think, that is, uh, you know, the odds are in your favor if you're going to pick a 12-5 matchup. Um, if you basically bet on all of them you know at least one team to upset you're gonna win one of them because i think what was it skip you said it was in the history it's 36 percent, but since yes. 2014 it's like 38 percent. yeah so and ucsb is just one of those teams they've pulled it off in the past they have done it um do i think they're gonna do it this year no but um, I think Creighton is a much better team. But Creighton has had some problems lately internally as a, as a team with the coach and all these other things going on. So is their focus going to be there, et cetera? You know, that's something to keep an eye on. If you're going to pick a 12-5, it's not a bad bet um, because the odds are kind of, you know, right there at 38% that they could beat them. Here's a sure. stat about Creighton I don't like. Uh, of all 68 teams in the field, they are 67th in free throw percentage at 64%, which gets them to 329th in all of Division One. You know, not uh, 
Not someone you want to be uh, riding your hopes on in a close game when that team is uh, shooting 64% from the free throw line. Yeah, no, that's a good good point. Obviously, Curtin's coming off a blowout loss in the Big East final to, to Georgetown, which, Skip, I'm sure that didn't impact Colorado State's fortunes no, at all. No, thanks a lot, Creighton. <laughs> Um, so yeah, put that, put that in the back pocket. We can talk about five twelves maybe at the end, but you know, um, we'll, we'll see. I think, uh, Creighton's favored by six and a half there. All right, Rob, going down the list, uh, anything else, uh, sticking out? Um, Virginia, Ohio, uh, you've got uh, KU in there too, Oregon, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm obviously going to go with teams like Iowa. I think I'm going to take Oregon over VCU. I've seen Oregon play a bunch this year. I mean, they're a team that if they get hot shooting the ball, um, you know, they, they could score, you know, on eight, nine, 10 possessions in a row going up and down the court. Um, I watch a lot of PAC 12 basketball being an Arizona fan since I was a kid. Um, so and and Oregon's just been one of those teams of the last few years. They've been building up a really good program, and um, I'm not going to bet against them. Um, obviously, I'm going to take Kansas over Eastern Washington. Um, and then I'm looking here too. The other the six eleven matchup here: USC, Wichita, Wichita. I think it's a Wichita State or Drake. Um, if Wichita State beats Drake, I feel like that's a team that could match up well with USC. Um, but Drake is favored in that game. And again, we're not going to know till tomorrow night. USC is a team that worries me a little bit. I've seen them play this year. They've played some really good basketball, and I've seen them play some really bad basketball. So, um, you know, that's that's a game to kind of keep an eye on depending on who wins that 11 seed for them. Obviously, Virginia is going to beat Ohio. <laughs> um, and other than that, I mean, that's that's pretty much my bracket right there. Um, we're not going to be getting into second rounds or anything. I don't think so this week. So, um, you know, if you're if you're going straight up on who's going to win in that that, I mean, those are those that those are the teams I'm going with. Hey, that Ohio Virginia game though is one I think a lot of people are kind of looking at the Bobcats. I mean, when's the last time Virginia's really played? They they've kind of been on the shelf for a while, haven't they? With COVID. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, did they play at all in the ACC tournament? I know they had to bow out but i thought maybe they might might have got one game in but um yeah and ohio likes to to um score too they're a, a high scoring team um a real contrast matchup wise versus virginia who plays that pack line defense and likes to slow it down so it's a good question boomer they may have some COVID issues there and you have an ohio team that can score and maybe stress stress virginia out a little bit yeah they got one game in in the act tournament they beat syracuse and then that was back in the yeah, and then had to cancel against Georgia Tech. That's right. So okay. Well, hey, it's a quality win because Syracuse is a is a tournament team, right? I mean, they they got in over teams like Colorado State, so I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> ow, ow. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Rob, just to wrap this up really quick, you know, players to watch um, in this br- uh, um, bracket. A name that comes to mind is another Pac-12 guy, uh, Evan Mobley, the freshman center out of USC. Probably going to be a high draft pick. Um, pretty good player there for the Trojans, and and if he has a good game, uh, they could could move past um, the Shockers or the Bulldogs. Huh? Yeah, and I think in a few games like that I watched this year too. One of the things he had because he's a big guy, he got in some foul trouble early. Um, so you kind of watch that in the first half of the game because if he gets three fouls early on in the game. Um, you know, that's going to change the pace of the game completely right there. No, good good advice there. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. Skip, uh, which side of the bracket are you taking? 
Well, I'm on uh, the east, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm right. just. Uh, well, I filled my whole east side out, so I'll, I'll just skip ahead to uh, the second round because I went chalk on the first round, so no upsets to report. So I'll, I'll go ahead to where things get interesting. Um, I do have Michigan over LSU. Um, Colorado, a five seed, facing Florida State, a four seed. Uh, this is a very interesting game to me, but I'm going to take Colorado to go uh, move on past Florida State. I love their senior guard, uh, McKinley Wright. He's a three-time All-Pac-12 first-team selection. He leads Colorado in points, assists, and steals. He's basically everything you want in a true point guard. Uh, he led the Pac-12 in assists, and he ranked uh, third in assist to turnover ratio while doing that something uh, nebraska ball wouldn't know about at all since they are <laughs> very terrible in that stat um i also when it comes to tournaments i love like more experienced senior led teams and cu starts three seniors and two juniors that is not something you could say you see at the major conference level in college basketball anymore so I really love that type of stuff come tournament time. Um, you know, CU beat USC, which everyone considers the best team in the Pac-12, all three times this year. They're 3-0 against them this season. Um, so I really think CU was the best team coming out of the Pac-12. Uh, Florida State lost two of its last three, one to not a tournament team in Notre Dame. Um, they did end up going to the ACC championship game, but they also got that free buy when Duke had to drop out. So, yeah, I just like CSU to kind of squeak by there. So, I'm going to root for that one. Um, CSU? What did you say there, Skip? CU. <laughs> okay, it, CU. It hurts to say that. But now i got to root for him because I picked him here. That's right. Um, I like Texas to over BYU, Alabama over UConn. And I like Texas, the three seed, over Alabama, too. Uh, the two seed there. And I actually, um, Alabama, uh, they live by the three-pointer more than any other team in this tournament besides Liberty. 47% of their field goal attempts are three-point attempts. So also come tournament time, look, that can win you and lose you any game. As you know, that's kind of been Nebraska ball's philosophy a little bit. You know, you know you can win, you could beat either team, when you're making those threes and you can lose to a crap-ass team when you're right. not. And it's hard for for you to hit four games like that in a row, tournament time, uh, when you live and die by the three so much because you're not getting any of that, that home court, right? You're playing in arenas that are neutral sites, new to those kids, and they got to keep shooting those threes at a high average for you to move on. And, yeah, that works some games, and... It's hard to have that happen five in a row. So I don't generally like betting on those teams and, and picking those teams come tournament time. So I like Texas to move on past Alabama, and I, I'm going to take Texas in a close one over Michigan. I think a lot of people kind of wrote off Texas after they had to take a COVID pause like a lot of teams this year, and you know how hard that is to come back from. So when they came back, they lost three straight, but they lost three straight to tournament teams including Baylor. so uh, But they've been very hot as late, winning the Big 12 tournament. And like I kind of mentioned about CU, I like that four of their top five scorers on Texas are seniors and juniors. That's something Michigan can't say. And another thing I like to pick in very close mat- matchups 
is the coaching difference, which shows up very big in March Madness. And I like Shaka Smart uh, over Juwan Howard here. Shaka Smart brought VCU, of all teams, to the Final Four, if you remember. And Juwan Howard's only in a second year coaching at the collegiate level at all, and this will be his first NCAA tournament. You know, so when you get nitpicking, that's where I like to go, and I'm going to have Texas coming out of my East bracket. Write it down! <laughs> all right, Skip, you know, that was really good. Actually, I've been struggling with this bracket, so that was a lot of good good advice there. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, I've been struggling because I don't trust Michigan. Isaiah Livers is, is out, and um, they're not the same team without him. Um, so I'm well, there's going to be about- a lot of livers out after St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> oh, yes, that is true. That is true. Um, I, I'm concerned about Alabama because of their uh, shot selection. Um, and I mean, Michigan's is- leading score is a freshman. How much do you want to rely on that in the tournament? You know, how how often is that? Well, it's worked work for him before. It got to a right. championship game, I guess. But you know, it's a, a unique Fat Five, right? You know, I think you know your, your take on Colorado is a good one. Um, I'm I'm torn on that one because I, I do think Georgetown is a hot team playing really well right now. They have a lot of confidence, and that's an interesting first round matchup in a five twelve that you may want to consider taking the Hoyas at. But uh, to your point with Colorado, uh, you know Boomer uh, Skip mentioned that uh, they have multiple seniors starting on that that team. I believe one of them is Jariah Horn. Does that name sound familiar to you? Yeah, yeah, it does. So. Yeah, another one of those hey. things that just kind of gets away. But uh, what at least a Nebraska player is actually in the tournament that way. Uh, Tim Miles lost a lot of really good guys, and um, Jacobson at Iowa State a couple years ago. I mean, it was the list is long. Um, so uh, Horn actually had transferred to Tulsa and then to the senior transfer grad transfer situation to the Buffs and has made a big difference for him. So, all right, let's uh, let's move on, Boomer. I think you're up next. Yeah, I had the uh, Midwest bracket, and, uh, you know, just kind of looking at this one, this is just, it's a tough year, and this is just one of the most boring bracket, or boring, you know, sides I've ever filled out. <laughs> it's just a lot of the games, not a lot of them jumped off at me saying, oh, here's a fun upset opportunity, or, or here's a team that's clearly going to shock everybody. Uh, you know, Illinois, I think, far and away is the, the cream of that of that side of it's you know, I have them slotted in the semifinals, so that shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, you know, I was just trying to look at the first-round matchups. Yeah, at least you got Loyola Chicago in there, which is always kind of a fun story. Setting up right. a second-round matchup against Illinois, kind of an interstate clash. That should be at least a story to watch. And uh, was it Sister Jean, I think, is going to the game? What is she, 101 now, I think I wow. saw? Wow, so. impressive. Good for her. So that's always a fun little fun little side story. And uh yeah, you got some other schools in there we haven't seen, you know, major powers in a while, like Houston, you know, as a two seed. I, I don't know what to make of them. I haven't really watched a lot of their games this year. I mean, their stats are good. Their Ken Palm ratings are good. But how good are they really? I don't know. I mean, have you guys watched a lot of the Cougars this year? I'd, uh, honestly, I honestly can't I, say I have. So. seen a few games, but I think your point is well taken, Boomer. Yeah, yeah that's one I don't know a lot. And and you'd mentioned, you know, um, you know, Rutgers as a 10 seed. You know, they are strangely favored in that game from what I've seen. It's just... I just don't have the heart to me to pick Rutgers to advance. You know, I just can't do it. We've always said, you know, never go wrong betting against Rutgers. So I guess, you know, seed-wise, you wouldn't call it an upset. Uh, but the way Vegas is the putting it. spread, they're favored, right? Boom. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I think it was by plus one, I think, last time I looked. But, uh, yeah, so I might take Clemson on that one. And the rest was, 
you know, like I said, it was kind of a boring, boring end of it for me to fill out. Everything else was pretty chalk, you know, for most of it. Um, you know, I'm interested in the second second round of like San Diego State West Virginia. I think will be a fun game. I want to see how good Oklahoma State really is. They've had a good season, so I, you know, I, I anticipate them playing Illinois, you know, in the Sweet 16. So that should be a fun game. And then I, I think it'll come down to Illinois, Houston. Boring, but should be an interesting clash of a couple of good good highly skilled teams highly rated teams and i think it'll be worthwhile watching but again it's so, not exciting basketball by or exciting boomer, you know bracket picking anyway yeah boomer so no upsets so you're not looking at that 512 and thinking oregon state who obviously just came off a pac-12 tournament yeah that's uh, championship you know, to beat tennessee it could but you know that's not the 512 i was really looking at for an upset this this year i've got one in mind, and we, we'll bring it up in our best back segments. But that wasn't it. All but right. it's certainly a possibility. Right. And I know we were talking beforehand. Whenever you see you know power fives matching up against each other, it's hard to call them you know upsets per se. I mean, seed wise, yes, but you know they're this closely is a ranked very, teams. And, yeah, Boomer, just just a weird observation. This is a very orange bracket. It is. <laughs> yeah, Illinois, really is. Tennessee, you know, Oregon was... State, Oklahoma State, and Clemson. Yeah. Have we I looked at this too closely? That, uh, Maybe they Rob's seated co- everybody very orange. You know, yeah, you know. I wonder how Rob's co-worker would have to pick that bracket. Yeah, well, well, ten, and yeah. Tennessee's in that bracket as well, so it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah Oregon yeah. State, Syracuse. Illinois. San Diego uh, State kind of orangey, or they red more? I Oklahoma guess. State, Syracuse, yeah. Clemson, wow. Yeah, a lot of things in that shades of orange and red. You know, because you got Rutgers, they're reddish. Houston's reddish. Jeez, man. If you're going off of blues, you don't have a lot to pick from. No, you're West, really limited. West Virginia. It would be, be West your... Virginia. She would go with West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. that'd be her. her man, if her that pans out, I'm just going to give up. So we're going yeah. all colors next year. So, so Boomer, you're taking Illinois for the Final Four out of that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty pretty easy bet in this bracket or this end. Up. I like that too. I do like Illinois a lot. Uh, really. Um, good team top to bottom uh like that they have um you know depth uh, across the board and then they also have kind of the 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 go-to guy in um uh io DeSumo that really can kind of uh score you the buckets when you need it in the late late of the game so i'll be interesting to see i'm, I'm hoping uh maybe uh, brad underwood and his crew can get all the way to the final four all right. Yeah, and, and the Illini really got tested by Nebraska ball, which I think really sharpened them for the rest of the season. So it's proven they've won a lot of games yep. since that. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I've got the South, um, uh, which is uh, home to the Baylor Bears, number one seed. Um, I, I think Baylor is a little bit kind of under the radar here. They came back from their COVID scare and um, struggled a little bit, um, but um, is loaded. With, with talent, um, really long and lean uh, team. Not quite as tall as they have been in the past, but I think overall uh, with uh, Jared Butler and others, really talented, and, and I think we'll probably come out of here. Uh, other games of, of note in the South, I'm a, a North Carolina basketball fan because, well, Nebraska doesn't get to this point in March very often. Uh, do like uh, the Tar Hills to take down the Badgers in, um, in round one there. I, I think... Matchup wise, just just not even talking of, of fandom here. Matchup wise, Carolina should cause problems for Wisconsin. Um, Carolina has f- at least four bigs that are are gonna run Wisconsin out of the gym. So I think that'll be interesting. 
Um, upset pick, I'm, I'm looking at Winthrop is a legitimate 12 over Villanova. Villanova lost uh, one of the best players late in the year. I've, I can't recall his name right now. But, Colin Gillespie, Dave. Yeah, that yeah was... Gillespie, that's it. Thank you, Boomer. And um, I, I just don't think Villanova's the same without him. Um, so I think they could be uh, vulnerable there a little bit. Um, Purdue is a four seed, probably looks okay. Um, I think the Texas Tech-Utah State game is interesting, Skip. You know, Utah State, you've probably seen them play a lot in the Mountain West. I think they're a pretty darn good team. Um, that's a Tim Miles uh, coaching disciple there, right? So That is true. Uh, with uh, Smith. So you, 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 if you were picking that, do you think uh, the Aggies got a shot there? Uh, wait till we get to my upset special. Ooh, all right, all right. I didn't even know that. I don't know. I mean, if it wasn't Texas Tech, I think Chris Beard's an awfully good coach as well and, and, and probably can can prepare well, so that'll be an interesting matchup. I think one of the better 6-11s. Um, Arkansas-Colgate is an interesting one. There's I'm not usually going to take a 14, um, but Colgate is... Uh, that, that should be a fun game to watch. High scoring. Colgate, I think it's 14-1. and one. I only played 15 games, um, but they're... Uh, interesting um, option. I think the spread there, I think I saw was eight and a half, um, which isn't a lot really, I don't think, for a 314. So it uh, kind of tells you what the uh, Vegas guys think of Colgate. Um, so maybe that might be worth a, a little money line sprinkle there to see if Colgate could pull off an upset. Um, a 710, I think that's a really tough one, is Florida, Virginia Tech. Um, uh, I I'm going to side with the Gators probably on this one. Virginia Tech still having some COVID issues. Um, a little bit overrated at times this year, I think. Um, so I'll take Florida. And then Ohio State should be able to get out of that the first round versus Oral Roberts. Um, after that, I have Ohio State moving on. Uh, Texas Tech um, over Arkansas. Um, and Purdue and Baylor making the Sweet 16. Ultimately, uh, Baylor over Purdue and Ohio State over Texas Tech, Baylor, on to the Final Four. Uh, so, yeah, that would make a Final Four, I believe. Well, actually, Rob, you're the one that probably alluded to Gonzaga, but I don't know, I, did you say? Yeah, I mean, I said Gonzaga that... was going to move through that bracket with ease. I don't think that Gonzaga even has a chance of losing a game until they get to the Final Four. So, Yeah, and haven't they already beaten, I think, Kansas and Iowa? And they've already, yeah. They beat the two, the three, and the four seed in their own bracket already. Holy so. cow. Yeah. All right, so Gonzaga, uh, Skip, you took Texas coming out of the east. Boober took the Fighting Illini, and I took the Baylor Bears. The BetCast Best Bets. Let's uh, head into our best bets. Um so, you know, we kind of, you know, got an overview there, but let's highlight each one of us um, a, a few bets that we think are the the easiest money out there. And maybe I'll start with Skip. Well, Dave, you've kind of mentioned a few of mine. Uh, you <laughs> talked about Colgate, and I'm going to bet against Colgate. Interesting. Arkansas, eight and a half. Uh, so, as you said, if you look at Colgate on paper, they went 14 and one with an average margin of victory of 18 points, which is somehow got them a top 10 net rating. Uh, they played just 15 games, like you said, but only against, and this is so weird, only in a year like COVID, but only against five opponents. They only played five different teams all year. They played Boston five times, Holy Cross four times, Army four times, 
And of all the teams they played this year, only one in Army even had a non-conference game. So wow. we have no idea how we're going to know how good or bad, right, Colgate or that whole conference is, which yeah, is the, the Patriot pa- League is solid, Skip. The Patriot Conference. Um, so let me tell you the last three seasons of the Patriot League RPI, 27, 19, and 19. Uh, Patriot League hasn't had an NCAA tourney victory since 2012 when Lehigh, led by current NBA star CJ McCollum, beat Duke. So they'll play an SEC team in the Razorbacks that have gone 12-2 and over the last two months, and they only lost a road game at Oklahoma State and on a neutral court to LSU, both tournament teams. I was shocked this was a single-digit spread, so I will take SEC against the great Patriot League unknown right. this All year. Right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. That's an interesting one. All right. Uh, I'm also going to take Oklahoma State minus seven and a half over Liberty. Uh, You know what I said earlier about teams that live and die by the three have a very high three point attempt rate percentage. Well, Liberty is the highest in the tournament, 47.4%. That's 11% higher than the NCAA average, and that was 15th out of all NCAA teams this year. So... You know, you get those smaller teams, get it to a big stage on a, a neutral court, a court they've never played on before. You know, a lot of clanking and bricking at the rims. I'll take Oklahoma State, um, who doesn't have to n- nail all the threes to survive. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and bet the, that um, special, the number of Big Ten teams that will advance to the round of 32 for uh, the Big Ten. I'm going to bet under six and a half. I just need three not to win, and I think I'll see four out there that won't win. I don't think Michigan State will win those two games to count as one. Rutgers is a 10 seed I don't see winning. Um, they are the lowest, I think I saw. And yes, they are the worst free-throw shooting team, Rutgers, in the NCAA tournament. Maryland is also a 10 that has lost three of their last four games, two of them to not great teams in Northwestern and Penn State. And uh, I don't know, you think UNC will beat Whiskey, Dave? I do. I then, do. you know, I just named four that'll lose, and I only need three of them to lose uh, in that first round. So I'm going to take the Big Ten under six and a half teams to advance to the round of 32. And my upset special, Utah State over Texas Tech. Um, this was just a clash of styles, I think, that helps. Uh it works out for the underdog in this case, which is Utah State. Um, Texas Tech, they're a very inside-scoring team. They ranked 304th in three-point rate in all of Division One. so meaning they try to do all their scoring more inside. Well, Utah State is set up for that. The Aggies block 14.6% of, percent of opposing shots, seventh best in college. Uh, and it's D1, and they hold their opponents to 42.9% shooting inside the arc, uh, which is fourth best in all of college. They have Mountain West Conference Defensive Player in the Year, and Nemus Quinta, who was third in the NCAA in blocks per game this season. So Texas Tech is a team that needs to get their scoring done inside, and it just happens to be they're playing against a very good inside defensive scoring team in Utah State. So sprinkle a little money on that money line on Utah State. Deep inside knowledge there from our Mountain West expert. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Skip. 
Oh, I also uh, I also throw one more bonus in there. I saw this one's related to the Big Ten. Oral Roberts um, is the worst defensive scoring team and defensive efficiency team, and they're going up against Ohio State. Ohio State getting fifteen and a half. You know, sprinkle a little sum on Ohio State there against the worst defensive team in the um, tournament. All right, let's go to our Pac-12 expert in Rob. It's funny that you say that, and the one the game that I'm looking at for a 12-5 upset is actually the Georgetown Colorado game. Georgetown's been hot lately; um, they've been playing pretty good basketball. Um, yeah, Colorado, as Skip says, might be the best team coming out of the Pac-12 right now. Um, early in the season, it actually looked like UCLA was going to be that team, and then they kind of fell off there towards the end. And obviously, now are are in the play-in game. Um, you know, Pac-12's kind of been up and down all season. Um, Georgetown, just one of those teams, they'll go in and they'll just, you know, bang it around. And, and I just, I'm looking at that, and that's that's my pick for the 12-5 upset. Um, you know, looking at some of these other games out there, um, where we're going to be going. The other one, too, the surprise Pac-12 champion, Oregon State, playing Tennessee. Um, that's another one. You know, those guys get hot shooting the ball, and, and uh, you know, anything can happen again i'm looking at another 12-5 but hey and since 2014 three 12s have beaten fives um you know out of the four games i think it was 2014 and 2019 is that right skip we 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 we, uh were discussing that earlier um so that's another game to look at um i'm gonna take georgetown over colorado that's gonna be one of my one of my bets um, it's only a four and a half point spread there, um, and obvi- and I think Georgetown's going to win that game outright. Um, some of these other games that I've been looking at too, I'm I'm laughing because you guys are like, there's no way I'm taking Rutgers to to win anything, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I, I don't know. I like Rutgers over Clemson. Uh, they were they were actually a fun team. I know Nebraska beat Rutgers um, I, early or later on in the season. Um, you know, but again, Nebraska was one of those teams that when, when they were hitting their shots, um, you know, they looked good. Unfortunately, they just didn't hit them often enough. Um, but I am, I am, uh, as far as like an upset goes, I also like Rutgers over Clemson, uh, would have taken that probably in mind. Cause you've got to always take, um, a few upsets here and there to really win a bracket outright, um, in any given time. Um, and then the other one that that I'm looking at too is that if if you're going to bet like futures, I think along the line, and and not to state too much the obvious here, but Gonzaga, like I said before, is just looking like such a good team. It's like I'm filling out these brackets. I've probably filled about six of them outside of tonight, and every single one leads to Gonzaga winning the entire thing. They just don't look like a team that wants to lose this year, no matter no matter how bad they play. So. Um, you know that's that's kind of how I'm looking at. Unfortunately for me, I haven't been super excited about the college basketball season this year myself because of COVID and because of the lack of uh, outside of the conference scheduling everything along that. Plus, I'm an Arizona fan, and they took a self-imposed sanction on the season <laughs> and um, will not be playing. How honorable this of them! Yeah, how honorable of them, right? Um, you know, hey, Sean Miller can't keep his eye on all of his assistants all the time. You know, I mean, all he can do is make sure that the cash is handed to everybody under the table. So, um, yeah, so it's <laughs> so it's been a difficult season for me um, going through going through um, 
all of this with the, with the shortened season itself. And the games that I'm catching are mostly some of the major televised ones or Pac-12 games or a lot of the Big Ten games as well. And every chance I got to watch Gonzaga, I watched them, and they just they look so good. It's almost kind of like a why are we even playing this because it's going to be, um, you know, LeBron James in the finals again kind of feel to it, you know what I mean, with with Gonzaga. It's almost like it's guaranteed they're going to make it. Now who's going to be the team that's going to try to step up to beat them? You never know, guarantee, so. Rob. Never yeah, guarantee. Never guarantee. It's right? always so dangerous. Gonzaga's dangerous. probably going to lose in the first round now that I said who, that. Who can so. name the uh, last undefeated NCAA champion? It's been a long time. 1976 Indiana went 32-0. and Last time it's happened. All right, Boomer, uh, what do you got? Best bets. Best bets, huh? Well, you know, college basketball isn't my forte as far as betting goes, but just trying to pick oh, a few th- things. Thanks are... for the really uh, reinforcing the, uh, yeah. the confidence of our our listeners, guys. I hey, really like I, that. I told them earlier we're honest here. We're not. We're trying not to lead you astray. <laughs> but you know, I do like some of the ideas that uh, we've heard already. Though I like uh, I like Skip's idea of just you know finding your favorites. And you know, putting the twenty dollars down on them every week, you know, or excuse me, every round, you know, I think you'd—that's guaranteed with teams like Gonzaga and Illinois. I think either of those two are pretty well going to march through their respective uh, respective sides of it. So I think that's a good one. Um, you know, you mentioned one of my picks earlier, Dave. I think that Winthrop Villanova game. There's your twelve-five upset. Uh, I think you could. You know, Villanova, losing Gillespie was big, and the Winthrop Eagles are no one to trifle with. They're a pretty solid team. That's true. Yeah, 23-1. and You know, I'd even consider them possibly upsetting Purdue in the next round as well. So I think you could take them. I mean, the spreads, surprisingly, you know, Villanova's still favored by, I think it was 6.5 last time I looked. That's right. I think you could take Winthrop straight up on that one and be okay on that end. Um, Another, I think... So you got that. You could, you know, go with the Illinois and Gonzaga. And another one I just thought, just for something different, I looked at uh, our good friends to the east, the Iowa and Grand Canyon game. And the over-under on that was 145 last time I looked. And, you know, Iowa doesn't bother playing defense, and they score a heck of a lot. I think they average about 84 points a game, thereabouts, you know, this season, just on offense alone. So you're getting a huge chunk there. Grand Canyon doesn't have to put up a lot to to bust that so i think that's a that's a play you take the over on on that game so there's a few bets for you right there and upsets wrapped up with you know i like it i like it boomers so all right good stuff all right well um for my best bets uh i will take uh, north carolina uh only get uh they're giving a point and a half to wisconsin i think they're gonna take care of business um there relatively easily they're playing much better ball um later here in the year and uh, I just think it's a good good matchup for him. Um, I'm also taking uh, the upset special there with Boomer with Winthrop over Villanova um, at six and a half. And uh, another one I've been been eyeing, which I think is is a, a good bet, is that uh, Loyola of Chicago over Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech, um, nice run there in the ACC tournament, um, but. Uh, not a, a lot of quality wins there. They're also out a, a player uh, or two, I believe. So I, I think um, Loyola of Chicago um, is a, a good bet there. I think the spread is uh, five and a half or so. I think they can cover that. So Especially maybe, with getting uh, Sister Jean back. Right. How can you bet Huge against addition. Sister Jean? Makes no sense. 
Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of other inter- inter- interesting ones out there, but those are my top three of the first round. Um, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. It should be a fun weekend. All right, then let's get out of here, guys. Boomer, what do you got for me? Well, uh, not only did we talk, you know, some Husker football, some basketball, NCAA tournament, you know, bits of everything there. I'd like to also remind our listeners that, uh, let's see, we're recording this on 17th our time and... It is officially uh, the 18th in Australia, and this kicks off the AFL season. Um, Richmond and Carlton should be uh, kicking off here, you know, today, their time. So looking forward to an exciting AFL season. St. Kilda is going to battle some injuries early on, but I think they'll finish the season strong. And if you want a quick Final Four, I think, the premiership there, I think the smart money, you go with, uh, you know, Richmond, Geelong, Brisbane, and Port Adelaide. I think those are your top four there and we'll just open St. Kilda can sneak their way into the eight so all right all right I like it I've made a lot of money on AFL football last uh, last spring um in the early parts of the pandemic um all right Skip what do you got uh just a fun fact that uh did you guys know that Grand Canyon University is located 225 miles from the actual Grand Canyons <laughs> so uh, no thinking- I didn't yeah, I was thinking maybe like uh, University of Denver could rename to the Great Sand Dunes University or something. Uh, every school can start exploring a little that bit more. That is a good point. Changes. I feel like for a while Grand Canyon was like an online-only school. Um, so um, at least they are a for-profit, or at least were at one point. So maybe they, that explains They it. still are a for-profit, which is uh, under a lawsuit by uh, the NCAA. No, there still. you go. But they do, that hold a series, they do hold a series uh, lifetime lead against DeVry. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to hold up for a while, too. Uh, all right. Well, Rob, get us out of here. Hey, I just wanted to uh, give a reminder out to all of those uh, Redcast listeners out there that, again, the uh, Bad Beard Gang uh, is is now part of the Redcast, and so you can go to their website and enter the promo code GB20, GBR21 for your 10% off of your first order. Go Big Red, and uh, good luck in the tournament out there. All right, good stuff, guys, good stuff. All right, enjoy the show. Definitely picked up some good betting nuggets. I'm going to make tons of money this weekend. Uh, for now, let's call that a BetCast edition of the Go Big Redcast. Thank you.